On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into another NBA draft profile and projection, this time on the Kansas Jayhawk sharpshooter Grady Dick. Is he more than a shooter on today's show? You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into another NBA draft profile and projection. This time, Grady Dick out of the University of Kansas. Why is he one of the better fits for Oklahoma City? Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Fun week ahead every day or subscribe right now on YouTube and any other podcasting platform that you have because next week we're going to have NBA Draft Profiles, but also on Tuesday night we're going to have a live stream of the lottery and find out where this Thunder pick is. Do they get extraordinarily lucky and leap up in the lottery, or uh, is it going to be at the 12th pick? Today's draft profile is Grady Dick. Grady Dick, a 6'8", 205-pound wing from the University of Kansas, age 19, at the draft. Grady Dick reminds me of the Bee Gees. You want to know why? Because Grady Dick is more than a shooter. More than a shooter to me. That's right. He's more than a shooter. People keep acting as though he can only shoot. Shooting is his biggest strength. There is no doubt about it. Whenever you have a 40% three-point shooter, that is his best quality. And he does it in a multitude of ways. Catch and shoot threes, he can do it. Movement threes where he's doing it off the dribble. He's coming around screens. Uh, he's able to run corner to corner from the baseline. He's able to score off transition at the three-point line. He is an elite shooter in every sense of the word. Not only is he an elite shooter, but he has the best jump shot in this draft class. It is quick. It is repeatable. And he can get it off with ease under any circumstance in any form of traffic or daylight. He can get a shot off. And so with all of that being said, he is an elite three-point shooter. And if you just stop the conversation here, that's still a worthwhile investment for the Oklahoma City Thunder because we have seen what even giving Shea and the rest of the Thunder team a sliver of a shooter does to their offense. So adding more shooting to this team is a wonderful thing. And adding it in the form of Grady Dick, who can do this in a multitude of ways and is is the best shooter in the class, would be incredible. But it doesn't stop there. Grady Dick is always moving. He looks for cuts. He looks for ways to attack the defense off ball, and it allows him to free himself up to get shots off. And whenever you look at the Thunder, and they have SGA, who is an elite drive and kick guy, who can touch the paint and and spray it out to find the open man every single time. You have Josh Giddy, who is elite as a playmaker and creating shots for others. You have Jalen Williams, who swings the ball very well. Chet Holmgren 
has that playmaking aspect in him as well. Like the Thunder have built a team around the idea that they can find the open man. And so whenever you give that team a guy who can get open off ball, it becomes lethal. For his size, for his frame and athleticism, he's a great finisher at the rim. He has great touch at all three levels. And he himself is a really good playmaker. Now, he's not going to blow you away the way Josh Giddy does, but he is going to put the ball right on the money with each pass he makes. He's going to keep the offense moving. He's going to exploit the defense with his eyes and his passing ability and find the crease. He is a savvy player that understands where the advantage is, understands if the defense has shifted a certain way, there's a guy open across the court and he can make the pass there to get to the open man. He's that kind of passer. So just offensively, you have an elite shooter who has great feel for the game, a good passing ability, and touch at all three levels. That sounds like a guy that's more than a shooter and also a guy that can fit exactly what the Thunder are trying to do. On top of all that, you're going to say, well, what about the defense? We're getting there. He has a great motor that never allows him to give up on a play in either direction. There was plenty of times where because he didn't just sit back and say, well, we're in transition. I'm not going to be the one to get the score. I'm just going to sit back here in defense and let, let Jalen Williams, let Jalen Wilson finish the play because he didn't do that. There were many times where he came rushing in down the floor and finished on a putback after Wilson blew a layup or someone blew a layup to help them out. There are many times where he was able to get back on defense and stop the ball and make it a tougher transition bucket or not a transition bucket at all for the other team. And then in the half-court defense, it's not like he's a traffic cone. He's not somebody that you can just abuse over and over and over again. His motor plus his willingness to stick his nose in it and play defense allows him to be a passable defender. He understands how to rotate. He understands how to, how to predict the next move of the offense. He understands how to die for loose balls, take a charge. He's really savvy when it comes to throwing double teams at guys and showing off of screens and, and, and just playing great defense within a team construct, which makes him passable on that end, especially for all that he gives you on the offensive end. An area of his game that I think is a strength, but we didn't necessarily get to see it a ton at Kansas. They didn't really run stuff like this at Kansas, but I just I just imagine him. Here's a guy who we've seen can get a shot off in the blink of an eye through traffic, rubbing off screens in every which direction. Whenever you have a guy like that, I think that if you put him in a position where he was the screener for Shea, a position where we've seen Isaiah Joe in this past season, that could be a wrinkle of, of success for himself and for this Thunder team. Offensively, he checks all the boxes, and defensively, he is able to play as your fourth-best defender. And it's why you've built a team this way. It's why you've put the pieces on this team to make up for it. Let's talk about his weaknesses, though, coming up. Let's talk about what he can improve upon coming up, plus his draft range and how he fits specifically with the Thunder. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends, over at eBay Motors, folks. eBay Motors will help you build the vision for yourself and for your car and for the championship team that we know you need the perfect players for. If you want to build the championship team, you need the perfect players, you need the perfect fit, and it's the same way whenever you're working on a vehicle. 
Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts or accessories, head on over right now to eBay Motors with a guaranteed fit. You can be sure to get the parts that fit your ride the first time around. That way you can just go over there to my ride in my garage, look for the green check mark, and that part will fit your car or your money back guaranteed because just like sports, Confidence is the name of the game, and we know that you need confidence when shopping at eBay Motors that it'll fit your car and fit your ride. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's so easy to bring home a winner with the right parts guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors guaranteed fit. Is it only available for U.S. customers? Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, please check out the Lockdown NBA Podcast and the Lockdown NBA Big Board Podcast to get your fill on draft content and playoff content. And for you everydayers, on Monday, we're going to have an, let's go with Eamon Thompson, NBA draft profile. And then Tuesday, we're going to preview the draft lottery. Wednesday, we're going to react to the draft lottery. And then uh, from there on, it's just draft profiles to get you ready for the NBA draft. Uh, if you want to hear about a prospect, drop them down below in the comment section or on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. We're going to get to them as well. Uh, so what are the weaknesses for Grady Dick? The biggest weakness for him is that he cannot create off the dribble for himself in the half court. He's going to be able to make some shots in that element because he has such good touch. So like there's going to be some ugly shots that he that he is able to hit against defenders by leaning into them or 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 not getting separation but just throwing it up there like that's going to happen for him because he is such a, a, a tough shot maker because of his touch but he's not going to be a guy who can score in isolation he's not going to be a guy who can who can go out there and get you a bucket off the dribble and get in his back like he's going to be someone who who does that and and creates a shot by moving off ball and being a movement guy off ball and with that comes this issue I don't believe that he has the force to get to the line. This is something that you've heard Sam Presti talk about with Josh Giddy of like Josh Giddy has to learn how to force the ref to make the call. Like I know that that to the ref's eye, you're bigger than your defender, so there's no way that he found you, but you've got to force and, and and not necessarily sell the contact, but like just force the ref to his hand to make the call. I don't think that that Grady Dick can do that. I, I don't think that he can force the ref's hand because at college, he only shot two and a half free throws a game. And I think that that just will not he won't get calls at the NBA level, especially as he's not a guy that can create space for himself and blow by defenders and doesn't have that burst and ability off the dribble. So like, that's his limitation on offense. His limitation on defense is, is that I don't believe he's ever going to become a point of attack guy. He has the frame. And if he fills out that frame with his ability to have that willingness and want to be a good defender, like that's half the battle. That's great. That provides him upside. But I think even that upside is not to the point where you project him to be a great point of attack guy. Even if he fills out his frame and keeps us want to up through the NBA, he's still just going to be a really good help def- help defender, a really good off ball defender that you kind of want to keep out of the action as much as possible. And with that being said, even though as an isolation defender, he grades out in the 73rd percentile on synergy, even though that's the case, you're not going to want to put him in lineups that do not include a back-end guy to anchor your defense. You're going to want to put him in lineups where he can funnel the action inside to a guy like Chet who can wipe away shots. A guy like Poku can wipe away shots. Like You're going to want to funnel him in to those situations because he can stick with them on the perimeter and contest and rotate and fly out to guys and kind of close out on corners three-point shooters. But 
with that lack of lateral movement, I don't think he can stay in front of a ton of guys in the NBA to where he's likely going to get pushed past and you're going to hand him off to a guy down low uh, to stop him at the rim. And that comes in a multitude of ways. I mean, Jalen Williams is a guy that is, is aware enough to say, hey, this guy's about to get beat. I'm going to slide over and take a charge. Like, that's a form of rim protection uh, for a guy like Grady Dick. Like, you're just going to need to play him with a big that can clean up the mess pretty much. Uh, most of the time, you're going to want to see that happen. And that's just kind of what I project him to be on the defensive end. So, like, those are his limitations defensively. But the, but the bottom line is, you don't need all five guys to be point-of-attack guys. Like, you need you need a little column A, a little column B. You need kind of a, a blend of all these different things. And so with, with SGA becoming an excellent defender this past year, with Jalen Williams having such incredible upside as a defender on the wing, you, of course, have Lou Dort, who should have made an all-defensive team. You, you you have all these pieces, and Chet Holmgren, who projects to be a defensive anchor, a help side block guy, and just an amazing defender all the way around. And that was kind of one of his calling cards at the college level last year. Like, we, we were talking about Chet Holmgren as a really good defender this time last year. So he projects to do the same thing in, at the NBA level. You have all these guys around um, Grady Dick. That allows you to get away with playing him, especially for all he gives you offensively. In the 91st percentile, according to Synergy and overall offense, on catch-and-shoot jumpers, he shot 38%. On dribble jump shots, he shot 46%. At the rim, he shot 60%. In transition, he was in the 86th percentile. As a pick-and-roll ball handler, he was in the 76th percentile. Against man defense, he was in the 79th percentile. And as an out-of-timeout guy and an out-of-timeout weapon for, for Bill Self, he was in the 90th percentile. That's huge because... You have one of the best, if not the best, inbounder in the league in Josh Giddy, and you have one of the best coaches at ATOs in the league. Those are just two facts that that to add Grady Dick to that to that equation, especially as you start to play offense defense late in games. You play offense defense late in games and call a timeout to advance the ball, and you can put you know Giddy as the inbounder. You have Shea who can work in the mid range and get to the rim uh, and, and be a tough shot maker. Then you have Grady Dick that if they lose sight of him. Giddy can inbound it to him and pop off a three and, and more often than not nail it. Like that is a really lethal combination for what the Thunder can do in these ATO situations. Synergy also defensively puts him in the 86th percentile. 73rd percentile is an isolation defender. 87th percentile is a post-up defender. 89th percentile when navigating screens to defend the jump shot. And he also had the best points per shot made above expected of any Kansas player with more than 40 shot attempts. Ray Dick is a really good player. He's not just some white sharpshooter. He's a really good player. The Ringer has him at 11. ESPN at 9. The Athletic at 12. Bleacher Report at 13. CBS at 10. NBC at 7. DraftNet at 8. Tankathon at 9. Uh, my big board, I have him at 7. Mavs Drafts, big board, who you hear every week on this show, uh, he has him at 8. The ceiling and the floor for Grady Dick. I think that he can be a legit the best shooter in this league if, if he hit a ceiling with starting level defense that helps a team win a lot of impactful games. And that will elevate his status in this league. Like that's his ceiling. So whatever you want to call that, that has like a type of player that that is, that's his ceiling. And at the very, very, very worst, he's Isaiah Joe because that shooting is going to translate and he competes his butt off on the defensive end, just like Isaiah Joe does. So I think, I think that like the, the floor of like, if, if everything went wrong, he's at least going to be Isaiah Joe for you which we've seen last year, how valuable a player like Isaiah Joe is. As far as NBA comps, I'm terrible with NBA comps. I, I, I think that most of us are terrible with NBA comps, um, but those that, that's kind of what you look for with the ceiling and floor, like what kind of play style, what kind of player he'll end up being. Now let's talk about his future role 
with Oklahoma City. I think that Grady Dick would play starting level minutes right away. And so when I say that, I don't think he's going to start over Lou Dort. I think for all 82 games, barring health, your lineup, you know, if, if fully healthy, if you were to draft Grady Dick, would be SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet. But I think that there will be many a games where Grady Dick plays 30 minutes in that game or even plays more minutes than Lou Dort does. And then it comes down to who do you close with? And there's going to be scenarios where you close with Grady Dick. There'll be scenarios where you close with Lou Dort. There'll be scenarios where you close with both. Like, like I think that then you, you, you get into that chess match of who do you close with, what matchups are you looking for, what do you need, are you in a situation where you're down six with, with a minute left, you need shooting the best that you can and then hope for the best of getting stops. Like where are you at? in the flow of the game that determines kind of what you close with. But in terms of who's going to have the PA announcers, you know, kind of treat of starting a game, I think it'll be Lou Dort uh, in the near future. And also that's just kind of going to be his role um, as a faux starter, faux sixth man that plays high level minutes. Rotational fit next year, obviously sixth man. But think about this. The bench having Grady Dick as a sixth man, Isaiah Joe, seventh man, Wiggins as your eighth man, in terms of like your sixth and seventh and eighth best players off the bench. That elevates what you can do as a group, including with that stagger of staggering SGA and Josh Giddy. To where if you can nearly always have one of those two guys on the floor as a as a catalyst for the offense, and then you off of them comes a backup unit of Joe, Wiggins, and Grady Dick. Oh my gosh, like that, that, that really elevates what you can do for 48 minutes and allows you to have such a really, really good team. Now the roster impacts of this, Lindy Waters would completely fall out of the rotation to me. And I know that I like Lindy Waters a ton. I know that you all like Lindy Waters a ton, but there's just not enough minutes to go around whenever you have a better shooter and a help side defender and Grady Dick, where it kind of takes away what Lindy Waters did. And then Trey Mann, who's already kind of fallen off the totem pole of minutes, he'd have to really impress to stick around because that roster crunch is going to churn and churn and churn. So the Thunder should take Grady Dick if they kind of value what shooting has done for the Thunder offense, and specifically players like Shea and how it opens things up for them. Think of the pressure you take off of Shea whenever they're on the floor together. Think of the lineup you can put in there. Mark talks about these, you know, bomber lineups with three-point shooters right now. That's what he calls them as bomber lineups. Think of the bomber lineup of Shea, of Dick, of uh, Joe, Holmgren. Like, you could do so many different things with with these guys if you were to draft Grady Dick. Why the Thunder shouldn't draft them? There's, there's a strong possibility you'd need to trade up for him. And if the Thunder kind of only view him as a high-level shooter with passable defense and like that's kind of all that they view him as and they don't think that that's worth the the capital of like trading up plus drafting him, I could see that being like a deterrent for them if they think that there's better value on the table to be had uh, than just that. But ultimately, it's, it's hard to figure out where Grady Dick would go wrong being with this Thunder program, being with this Thunder organization. And... The bottom line is, in all likelihood, on, on Tuesday night, the Thunder will be at the 12th overall pick. But the bottom line is, 
his range is so vast that he could be there at 12. Like there's always guys that fall. Uh, but ultimately, I think that we're always going to be brought back to trading up. Like I think that, you know, let's just talk it out real quick. Thunder lottery, right? Thunder lottery night, stay at 12. That's the most likely scenario to go through the odds real quick, just so that way you know, and we'll talk about this again on Tuesday, but to go through the odds real quick, the Thunder have a 1.7% chance at Victor Mignogna at number one, a 1.9% chance at Scoot at number two, a 2.1% chance at three, and a 2.4% chance at four. And then they have an 85% chance at number um, 12, a 6.7% chance at 13, and a 0.1% chance at 14. All likelihood they stay at 12. They have four first-round picks in the 2024 NBA draft, and I know that Sam Presti talked about wanting to get further down the line of like seeing what those picks are and, and not making any rush decisions, but it wouldn't be the first time that Sam Presti said something and then did the opposite because things change. Things change very, very fast. And it's just a hard sell of in a weak draft class next year to go into it not consolidating. So they're going to look for ways to consolidate and they're going to look for ways to trade up. They always look for ways to trade up. They're not going to leave a stone unturned. It's not as though you should take that quote from exit interviews and run with it and say, well, they're not trading up this year. They're going to try to. There might not be a a match because it takes two to tango, but they're going to try to trade up. And so it's just a matter of how far can you get. If we do a quick tankathon spin with Understay at 12 and you had... Um, Indiana fall to eight. Could you go from 12 to eight? Maybe. Could you go from 12 to nine uh, with Utah owning uh, the 16th overall pick this year and the 28th overall pick this year? So would they be willing to move down from, from nine to 12 and you give them kind of future assets for next year? Who knows? Maybe. And, and, And so like you look at this and it'd be interesting too, of Charlotte, like in this, in this spin, just so you're aware, Charlotte moved down three spots to the number seven. They miss out on their on their top prizes. They they tanked for no reason, quote unquote. Would they be willing to say, okay, since we missed out on Victor, on Scoot, on Miller, on a- on the Thompson twins, like so we missed out on, on, on Eamon, so we missed out on these guys. Should we just take three first round picks next year, plus the twelfth overall pick, have a fully loaded cover for next year, and worry about things and, and kind of reset ourselves, regroup ourselves? under possible new ownership, and maybe you go from 12 all the way up to 7. These things get really interesting as we move forward. Same thing for Houston in this scenario, dropping down four spots to six. Now, I don't think that they would do it, but like, would you say, okay, we missed out on the, on the top names and nobody wants to give, them, give us our top names. What if we just got all of our capital back and we did move down to 12, but it was to reset things and, and we get all of our picks back from OKC? Plus pick 12, obviously. Maybe. But I think that the Thunder are going to try to trade up. So as we move through these draft profiles, don't be shocked whenever you've seen names that like aren't supposed to be there at 12. And Grady Dick could be there at 12. Like he could he could be there at 12. He could rise up a bit to solidify himself as a top 10 pick. Like this this combine and and pre-draft workouts and pre-draft interviews are going to be very uh, important for him. And so all that stuff has started already. Uh, you can go on Thunder's Intentions and find uh, the workout tracker for uh, NBA draft prospects. Uh, I'll let you know now, no, no huge names on there quite yet, um, but we'll be continuously updating that as we go along in the draft cycle. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm going to do a big board, a mock draft, and we're going to have a lot of fun stuff for you all coming up, plus our NBA uh, lottery live stream. So we'll know. We'll know. And, and guess what, folks? There's no pressure on Tuesday, which is part of the fun, which is part of the fun part. If the Thunder somehow cash in, 
on this 8% chance to go to the top four, what it would do for this franchise, for this fan base, would be awesome. If they stay at 12, or even drop to 13, no one really cares. The only thing that can happen on, on Tuesday is a massive win. So let's go for it. Let's see what happens on lottery night uh, until Monday. Be good and be good to one another.